For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit ReutersConnect.com. Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Ricardo. Each week, we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow, inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and we are keeping score at a time when all sports continue to morph from pandemic no crowds to pandemic some crowds to vaccine. It's all an evolving industry. Take a look at the deals. Three to one. Three. British Columbia, the second Canadian province to welcome NHL play. The season resumes this week with the seven Canadian teams playing in one division so they don't have to cross into the U.S. for games. The Vancouver Canucks have been given the go-ahead to play in British Columbia this season. B.C. Premier John Horgan revealed the news about the provincial approval on Twitter, said he had spoken to Canucks ownership and told them about the result. British Columbia is the second Canadian province to officially approve NHL games, coming after Alberta gave the okay in late December, following the review of protocols outlined in the league's return-to-play plan. Ontario and Quebec officials have not yet revealed whether competition has been approved for the three teams based in those provinces. And that's deal-making issue number three. Two. Number two. Almost 1.9 million people in the U.K. have admitted to illegally streaming Premier League games in 2020, according to new research from personal finance comparison sitefinder.com. The survey, according to the Daily Mail, asked respondents about their streaming habits and found that 4% had watched at least one Premiership match without paying. The study noted the numbers were likely to have been pushed higher by the short-lived scheme to make the Premier League matches available by a pay-per-view on Sky Sports and BT Sports. Daily Mail also reported in October that Premier League had averaged 39,000 PPV buys for its first nine games under the much-maligned broadcast model. Another startling stat. 3% of respondents, close to 1.7 million people, also admitted to illegally streaming other sports. Word to the wise. One. Finally, deal-making issue number one. Driven by increased activity in the second half of 2020, the sum of disclosed eSports investments during the year grew to over $8 billion, compared to only $2 billion in 2019, according to the eSports Observer. Electronic Arts bid to acquire racing game developer Codemaster, though a likely nine-figure deal anticipated to be completed during the first quarter of this year, serves as a good indication of esports investment continued growth in 2021. That's deal-making issue number one. It's only getting bigger. Let's go into some of the lifestyle issues. Remember, Enid Viana is the lifestyle expert and wellness writer. I'm the editor of two websites, theevsocial.com, covering entertainment, wellness, fashion, and travel, and hamptonsmoms.com, which addresses all things family on Long Island's magical East End. 
She also contributes content to various magazines and websites, such as Hamptons Magazine and ArtSugar.com, and on Instagram, EV Social and Hamptons Moms. Well, she writes about the beginning of the year, the most of us want to forget it. You ask a woman to do it, Fast Company just reported that women's entrepreneurship is the fuel driving economic recovery. Dell Computers and Fast Company in 2020 launched a new partnership to honor and support women's entrepreneurship. It's a new collaboration for Fast Company, but Dell has been running this female network for a decade. The network welcomes all levels of entrepreneurs from startups to scale-ups. It gives you rare access to female entrepreneurs from around the world and equips you with valuable resources to grow your business. Think tech, funding, best practices, and the like. And she singles out for special mention Jennifer Duadna and Emmanuel Carpentier. They share the 2020 Nobel Prize in Chemistry, which honors their work on the technology of genome editing. Yeah, pretty much the smartest people in the room. And they do this to create how to change the DNA of many organisms, plants, bacteria, animals. Editing DNA can change disease risk, among a host of other things. Yeah, mind blown in understanding how important all of this is, not only to business, but realizing the sports is only a small part of our economic change as we go forward. And that's Enid's Lifestyle Minute. Before we go into tech and good sports, we have an interesting concept that I only know a little bit about, but enough to be dangerous. Blockchain, cryptocurrency, and sports. There have been proprietary algorithms created since the business burst on the landscape of the last 10 years. But somebody who has taken a front seat in all this is the CEO of USS Cyber, Michael Pacifico. He was born in Brazil, but came to the U.S. in 1980, and now is firmly entrenched in the entrepreneurialism of creating the first innovation cryptocurrency for sports. Clearly, he has a tremendous potential as far as knowledge, education, and just to tell us a little bit more about how the world of Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and blockchain works generally, and in sports specifically, here's Michael Pacifico. First innovative cryptocurrency for sports, proprietary algorithms, blockchain, as it relates to sports. we got a guy who knows all of this. He's the CEO of USS Cyber Inc., Michael Pacifico, an incredible perspective, incredible business, great, great, great vision. Michael, how are you? Hey, Rick, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on our show. Well, I really appreciate it, and, and we, we've got, got a, a lot of stuff that, uh, that is uh, casually interesting to the listener. And so uh, the age of blockchain has been something that's kind of burst on the scene, and frankly, it's expanding in such a significant way. I, I know you can't really do this, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway as kind of an expert on all of this. G- give us a couple of minute elevator speech of how this whole world evolved, and we'll talk about where it's going in the future, but something that, you know, 10 years ago people didn't even know about, and now it's front and center. Yes, sure, absolutely. Um, since, the, since the release of the blockchain system in 2008, and the uh, coming of the Bitcoin 2009, uh, the world has been shaken a little bit with the digital coin. And it's an opportunity for every entrepreneur out there to construct a business based on 
the digital digital currency, right? And the blockchain, what, what what's the most important about the blockchain is the technology that is involving, which is transparent, easy to use, easy to access. It's just a fantastic technology. Um, I I believe that uh, very soon the world will be pretty much digitized um, right around the blockchain uh, technology. Uh, some of the private banks are actually utilizing that already, and not just that, like uh, uh, the governments are trying to find a way to create a due diligence for the for the for the blockchain industry. So now your USS Cyber, uh, of which you're CEO, is one of many uh, companies that uh, are looking at blockchain technology. The sports uh, application is one of many things that USS Cyber does. So I want to stay general, at least for now. Clearly, the whole idea of a private-based currency has some commerce advantages. It also has some issues that raise uh, uh, issues with governments as well. Uh, where is all of that going? We know Bitcoin has has incredibly increased in value as one example, but there are a lot of people who are still kind of mainstreamers who don't think that currency should be anything but publicly traded currency that's put out by the respective governments. Where is, where is that issue from your perspective? Well, I think that um, um, the Bitcoin is an example of how far the cryptocurrency can reach. And, and it's actually a, uh, a young new product out there. It's just, you know, like you said, it's booming. Um, I believe that the, the, the world is, is the, the legal entities and governments are looking a way to find a good framework uh, for the blockchain industry and for the cryptocurrency uh, do it to it's a free market you know the people accept it the people like it it's there's no manipulations uh it's very inexpensive to utilize it the system of the blockchain and and and, and not just that it's very secure too and transparent so it's pretty much everything that a government needs <laughs> and uh, i believe that uh, um in the united states they're working very very hard on on getting some sort of uh, legal frame around it not just here in europe and brazil and and um, uh, pretty much all over the world. And I think very soon, we, we, there, very soon within, within less than, you know, five years or so, something, something's going to come out because Bitcoin is topping $40,000, one Bitcoin, which has started off a price of a five cents in 2009. So it's, it's pretty incredible, right? And I believe that the governments are embracing uh, some sort of a legal frame to facilitate uh, entrepreneurs and investors and the public uh, to be able to utilize it with the most secure possible way. So obviously, um, blockchain technology is moving forward uh, in a very general sense. Your offshoot relative to the World of Sports Coin Exchange and some of the other things that you're doing is a proposition that says that the world of sports with all of the fans and all of the collectors and all of the marketers and all of those who want to deal with performance uh, can see a special benefit from the blockchain industry as it relates to uh, innovation cryptocurrency for sports. And without getting too technical, I, I, you've, you've explained to me before there are a number of, of, uh, of uses or intentions as far as the sports industry is concerned. Uh, there's a uh, 
there's there there are fan tokens, there are um, uh, risk tokens, there are there are tokens that that are, are dealing with performance. So, can, can you kind of uh, address the industry broadly? Yes, sure. Um, so there are two two types today of uh, digital currency. There is the utility token, which is based on trades and goods, and there's a security token. Uh, the utility tokens, it's some of some of, of the uh, sports tokens that's coming out that you're able to trade uh, a token and participate it into a team's uh, uh, goods and, and, and a voting perspective and also tickets, issue buying tickets for a game and so on. Those are called utility tokens. And there's the security token, which is similar to the stock market, which is similar to the Wall Street. It's a minimum amount of tokens, which is based on the uh, performance of a team, which we have created. So uh, the teams, uh, sports all over the world, they actually now, it's a new way for them to earn, uh, um, earn um, credibility on their, and value as well on the performance, on game by game, which they don't have it that today. Especially in sports that baseball, who play a lot of games through the year, soccer, who plays a lot of games through the year, now they're able to earn something based on the performance of their 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 matches. You know, I, I, we know that that uh, that you're a, a Brazilian entrepreneur and you're now uh, uh, firmly entrenched in the American culture. Uh, I know that this is not a registered exchange uh, exempt. It's a, it's a there's a very specific set of rules uh, that you've learned, <laughs> but not only from yeah. SEC related, but all over the world as well. Uh, and carefully navigating all of this, but but you know, given all of that, I, I know there's a, a market that reflects your passion not only from, as you called it, the utility coins, but the security coins as well. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we're combining a security with a fin token, combining everything together, and uh, uh, you know, it's a kind of new product on, on top of a new product that's coming out. And just uh, being able to be in the United States is in, in, in working uh, with the best economy in the whole world and the best country in the world and the government entity and, and pretty much everything facilitates for entrepreneurs to succeed. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's exciting times right now. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me an times. idea of scale, for example. So Barcelona and their uh, use of this uh, platform to facilitate contact with their fans as well, uh, you know, give me give me some numbers about what their enterprise looks like. Well, we we put it this way: soccer in general has a four billion fans, pretty much all over the world, right? So in our system, we created a uh, an algorithm, literally straight up, based to their performance, and we're assigning fifty million tokens per team which uh, each club will have 50 million tokens and 25 million is going to go to the public sale. 25 million stays in the reserve. And uh, we're bracing in to reach out to the clubs and, and discuss with them the possibility of, of utilizing the tokens as well as in a fan-based token too. And uh, or, or, uh, just in the United States, we have about 2 billion tokens in South America, in Brazil, perhaps we have two million, two billion tokens spread it to forty teams, and 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 you know, and 
and we're pretty much uh, the algorithm, the platform is pretty much done. Uh, the framework is pretty much completed. We are pretty much ready to go. Just kind of finally, and we're going to visit with you throughout this whole process. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, give us your sense of where this whole industry will be, let's say, five years from now. You know, um, when, the first, when I first, uh, back in 2014, when I first started working on the WFC, which we call the World Sports Coin Exchange, um, the main concept that I have is to, to uh, create a, a, a platform which clubs and people can, can interact and, uh, and with everything is being transparent. Transparent, excuse me. And uh, I believe that USS Cyber, uh, USS Cyber, by the way, is not just a sports token. We're pretty much, our blockchain is a blockchain solution, which we can incorporate, incorporate any type of product uh, into the blockchain. And um, I, I, on the sports industry, I, I believe it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new way of, of interacting fans in the clubs on a safe uh, environment and a very transparent and security and secure too. Um, and, and, and the world is, is going that way. The world is being digitized and uh, slowly every industry it's, it's, it's utilizing the blockchain and, and I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the new age. <laughs> well, that's a great way to end it. Uh, Michael Pacifico, the CEO of USA, USS, Cyber, there's one thing that's very clear. This industry is the tip of the iceberg. We're going to see a lot more of this domestically, internationally, and everywhere else. Good luck in your future efforts. Great entrepreneurial opportunity here for this entire industry to take the next step. Michael's creating a blockchain solution capable of supporting all sectors, themed intensely as well in sports. And you'll hear more about the industry and certainly about more about him in the years to come. Welcome in to the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Hora. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network. Let's talk super briefly about the top three stories that sports fans should know about esports from 2020. First up, the trend of sports execs leaving to esports was heightened during the pandemic. We saw Tony Vettiti, the MLB Deputy Commissioner, leave to join Activision Blizzard, NFL exec Bill McCullough join FaZe Clan, and UFC exec Marshall Zlachnik join Vindex. Those were just some of the high-profile names that went from major positions in the sports world over to esports in 2020. This was already a trend, of course, but with sports shutdowns and furloughs across the industry, it became a full-on exodus in 2020. From the C-suite all the way down, esports is poaching sports pros in a wide variety of sectors. Number two, most athletes are gamers, and they're doing it publicly now. A few weeks ago, Neymar played CSGO with some of the top pros in the game and was surprisingly good at the first-person shooter title. Back in spring, when all sports were shut down, we saw tons of athletes play video games for charity in various esports. And once those sports returned, athletes still weren't able to leave their house, often meaning that video games became the most popular choice of entertainment. Now athletes have set up Twitch streams to connect with audiences, have become popular choices for gaming influencers to play with, and are investing more than ever in esports organizations and companies. And the top story is the gap between League of Legends and the rest of the esports industry continued to widen in 2020. Created by Riot Games, League of Legends is the most popular esport in the world by such a wide margin it's almost absurd. Riot Games was able to hold the World Finals in a bubble system in Shanghai, reporting in with a Nielsen-backed average minute audience of 23 million. 
Nielsen's AMA is directly comparable with TV ratings, allowing for an accurate comparison with top sporting events. In this case, the hour-long broadcast of League of Legends Worlds outpaced the average viewership for the 2020 NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup, the MLS Cup, and the World Series combined. In total, those averages come to about 21.5 million. Now, it's important to caveat this. Like we said, Worlds was a one-hour viewership, and those are the average viewership over what's usually about 20 hours of programming across a seven-game series. That's not to say that all esports events are outpacing traditional sports. It's really only League of Legends. The only other league reporting viewership with AMA is the Overwatch League. They reported an AMA of about 1.5 million for the 2020 Finals. That's similar to the MLS Cup's viewership. Until more esports properties begin using AMA, we won't be able to make more accurate comparisons across esports, but League is quite clearly the most dominant esport in the world and is quickly rising in the ranks of traditional sports properties as well. That's all for this episode of the Esports Minute. Now back to Rick Horror. Let's look at tech and our Sports Tech Minute. Ahead of this week's Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, GraceNote, a Nielsen company, launched a new live sports solution designed to help smart TV and auto manufacturers enable dynamic sports experiences. Leveraging GraceNote Global Sports data, consumer electronics manufacturers and automakers can integrate real-time statistics, real-game results, and live updates into video and TV home screens for auto infotainment systems. Live sports increasingly important differentiator for entertainment platforms seeking to increase user engagement. We'll share more innovative sports entertainment-related announcements coming out of CES next week, but suffice to say that the tech solutions emphasized today focus on live sports and all of their applications. Well, how about good sports as we conclude? Good sports, important, philanthropic, especially coming out of the holidays, and again, a number of issues because of the pandemic. Tommy Lasorda, dying at age 93. Let's remember all of his good works. California Disabled Veteran Business Alliance, his home run challenge as far as baseball, philanthropic issues in his hometown of Brooklyn. There's no question that Lasorda is now resting peacefully in blue heaven. The NBA once again took the lead in social justice stands following last week's capital breach. The game became less important. We've talked about the bubble, but now the NBA becomes a very important social platform for all causes. Buffalo Wild Wings rolled out a new charitable initiative to close out last year, the 2021 Rally Cap. Among pro athletes supporting the cap, Orioles first baseman Trey Mancini, Clippers guard Lou Williams, Washington Mystics forward Elena Deladonna. Raising dollars, buying the cap, benefiting the Buffalo Wild Wings Foundation, whose mission is to build communities where all kids can thrive, compete, and belong to a team. And finally, Derek Jeter and the Jazz step up to help create positive change in South Florida. The Players Alliance, a nonprofit organization comprising more than 150 active and former Major League Baseball players in each community, Jeter has been a vocal part of, of this as part of Marlins' ownership. And since its launch in 1996, Jeter's Turn 2 Foundation has awarded more than $30 million to create and support signature programs that motivate young people to turn away from drugs and alcohol and turn to healthy lifestyles. That's our podcast for the week. We'd like to thank Michael Pacifico for teaching us a little more about the complicated world 
of blockchain and algorithms and cryptocurrency and sports. We'd like to thank all of those who were helpful in putting the show together. We'd like to thank you for continuing to listen and watching and join us next week when we continue to keep score. Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. Leagues, teams and federations around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise is never far away. For more information, visit actionimages.com.